Very special edition of the Paper Cake Podcast today. You heard the music. It brought you back to 1996. You know? N-W-O. New, 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 new world order. I'm here with none other than uh, pro wrestling connoisseur, Dale underscore A. Welcome back to Paper Cake. It's good to be back, of course. Uh, my brother in arms, your host of the show. Slim. That's me. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have a third, we have another living host. He's not here with us. He's taking photos of random tourists in Disney. Couldn't be here. It's, that's just what he, he likes to do. He's into <laughs> that, you know? Living the life in Florida, having the best weather of the year, oblivious to the country crumbling around him is what's happening right now. Drinking that uh, Mickey Kool-Aid. I mean, what a way to go, though. What a way to remain oblivious, right? Yeah. It's the way I want to go out. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell you what. So this week, last last week we had a big show, Blade Runner. I mean, the internet responded in kind to that episode. Yeah. Almost makes you think like we've been doing the wrong subject matter for the last 276 episodes. So your <laughs> thoughts on I wasn't going to say anything, but maybe we made a big mistake 270 episodes previous. You know, I saw people hitting you up on your Facebook page. People I never even heard of that listened to that show. It just brought them, it just brought them out. That's what it does. The power of film, the power of cinema. Yeah, the the cinemagic that was aerating around us. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. it was a new kind of electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was new. New yeah. world order. <laughs> and next week, we're going to try to continue the the magic aroma with Ridley Scott's Alien. Mm-hmm. Get ready. I'm ready. Uh, obviously, you know, Alien <laughs> is huge. <laughs> Alien is going to be huge for us, I think. God, it's, uh, it's, it's almost, it would almost be like a, a new number one for us. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Reboot. Mm-hmm. And then we'll end it episode 23. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we decided to go big. It's our show. We're going out the mm-hmm. way we want to do. Why not talk about pro wrestling? So Bash of the Beach 1996. Mm-hmm. One of the most important wrestling events in the history of pro wrestling. Uh, but we, you watched Royal Rumble this past Sunday, right? I did. I watched it this past Monday uh, because I, the past, my past few experiences trying to jump in on a live pay per view late always, like the app always messes up for me. Oh. So I was just like, let me not try. I, I was busy, but I'm going to get some Rumble under my belt, you know? I'm going to suffer through this. And yeah, so I did that. I actually watched that first, you know, then I could watch Bash at the Beach, have it fresher on my mind for recording, Mm -hmm. you know, but I did watch all of the Royal Rumble 
all the matches. Even the pre-show? Because it's like it was almost like a seven-hour event. No, I didn't watch the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-show started at like 5 p.m. Mm. It was insane. And they had matches where like people were just like starting to come in and get to their seats. They didn't give an F. They were having matches on <laughs> with like a half-empty arena. It's crazy what they can... It's crazy the build-up and what they do. I mean, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it no. between the uh, the roster, the amount of people showing up to, to wrestle three nights a week, the night after a pay-per-view, a five-hour pay-per-view with, with the pre-show. I mean, mm. what is USA Network paying for all this, essentially? Like, can the WWE Network sustain the I budget? Think I think it's profitable. I think the network is profitable. So for those that aren't aware, WWF, WWE, WCW, you should do pay-per-views. You have to pay like 40 bucks to watch a show once a month. But now they have this app network platform called the WWE Network. You can watch... Like they have a channel with like an on-demand service for it's mm. a, it's like ten bucks a month. It's, it's it should be like forty bucks a month. Honestly, it's, it's a steal for any sort of uh, wrestling nostalgia. It's a steal. Yeah, and you can watch all their live pay-per-views. They're on the network now. They don't really sell them really in the states anymore. But it, you know what's weird is they have Raw on Mondays and Tuesdays. They have the SmackDown, so they have two different rosters, like essentially two different shows. But SmackDown still goes on the road and does a show on Mondays, like what? on Monday nights. I don't get it. Like, what, what, don't you want those people to stay home and watch Raw? Like, what's the point? Give them a night off. Who cares? So you're telling me there's a Raw. A Raw does not go out on the road? Or it does? They, they do. They might even do a show on Tuesday nights when SmackDown oh is on. God. <laughs> I don't Who know do they, they use do for these shows? I mean, they, they have... The Raw roster do a house show that only like 7,000 people go to, but like during SmackDown night. So like these people go to see Raw, they, they can't watch SmackDown because they're at a, a Raw show that's not televised. It's really strange. Give these poor wrestlers a break. <laughs> Man, that's God. why, I mean, this is why, you know, opioid use has got to be. God, it's huge. The opioid usage the in this opi- country. The opioid usage in in the WW corporations have probably have only gone up since those uh, raunchy days of yore. You know who probably could use some opioids is the dead man. Taker. <laughs> Taker. Uh, Taker fanfic aficionado slim remember when you linked me <laughs> that fanfic the day the day the morning after he lost at wrestlemania you texted me this fanfic article <laughs> where he was sitting in a locker room triple h came up to him was talking to him or whatever and the guy who wrote the fanfic kept on him call him taker <laughs> taker knew taker knew that it was over Taker. I don't even know how I stumbled upon that. It's not like I just read WWE fanfic. So let's let's walk through quickly the Royal Rumble show itself. I w- I'd love to get your opinions on the matches. Let me see if I can pull up the the set list. Most of these were pre-show. 
So I think Charlotte and Bailey was the first one. Did you watch? Did you sit through that one? Yeah, did I, I did. Through? I did sit through that one. And other than Charlotte and Bailey, there's maybe only one other female wrestler that I recognize. It seems like they're just constantly wrestling each other. Did they mm-hmm. used to be friends? They used to be in NXT. And okay. there's like a pseudo. Well, like I think Charlotte's last match or Sasha's last match in NXT, they kind of like broke character and they all hugged in the ring mm. and like saluted people. Okay. Uh, that might have been what you saw. Um, yeah. So that was a good match, I think, from what I remember. It was uh, standard fare. I mean, they're athletic, they're, they're athletes. Charlotte is an athlete. She is a specimen. She is amazing. Bailey Bailey's like the female John Cena, but she hasn't like fully hit popularity in the main show yet. She was like mega popular in the minors in NXT. Okay. But she's just not like I guess you could say she's not Charlotte levels yet. Because no. when you say she's John, John, the John oh, Cena, I mean like um in terms of like being able to hit like all their core dream demographics like bailey like got the young female demographic which is like no one's ever really gotten in wwe yeah it's pretty amazing so like they probably just are like you know their pants fly across the room when they see what (laughs) bailey could possibly do for them in in a few years they're like let's get bailey on monday night a tuesday night house show a sunday night (laughs) pay-per-view sunday or saturday night house show yeah sunday afternoon (laughs) uh (laughs) pre-show What about uh, Kevin Owens versus uh, Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship with Chris Jericho suspended in a shark cage above the ring? I, I mean, can you believe nothing like this has ever been done before? <laughs> the thing, the the thing that I, I giggle at is whenever they refer to because I've only, I've seen it a couple times, like on TV or, or clips. I've seen specifically them referred to as best friends Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens like they right. they point out the fact that they're best friends like they don't just say their names they say best friends Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't get the Chris Jericho anymore like his his poofy hair and his <laughs> scarves like I don't know what his angle is or if he's a good guy or a bad guy uh-huh. Kevin Owens I get he's like you know energetic and young and like new blood to the sport right um Roman Reigns, I mean, I don't know. They hate him, those fans. When, not to skip to the Rumble, we don't have to do that. We're talking about this match. But when he he walked out to the Rumble and literally everybody in the audience was just just stop and staring. Like nobody was cheering. I think there was like piped in cheering. (laughs) It's possible. It's very possible. Because I looked and not a soul was moving in that audience. If anything, they were just so annoyed that the the, the <laughs> final spot went to Roman Reigns. Like right. They didn't even care anymore after that. But the match, I just, like, I I would have fallen for it. And good for the, the younger crowd who probably, they probably liked doing cartwheels when Roman Reigns cocks his forearm and punches the ground. But he's not a Gundam. Like, that, <laughs> it's not... It's not like amazing that he does it. It's the I would have fallen for it too. But he mm-hmm. cocks his arm like it's a gun or something and then he punches the ground like he's uh one of the seven 
most powerful robots in <laughs> right. the world. <laughs> and I just don't get it. I mean, plus the fact like, that he wears think... essentially a bulletproof vest while he wrestles. Like, how is that legal? You know, <laughs> yeah, he, really. He, his chest, abs- like, if we're living in the world that pro wrestling is real, his chest protector absorbs a lot of those punches and kicks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, it did. shouldn't be yeah. allowed. Right. Exactly. And compared to, like, what other people wear, your Randy yeah, no. Orton's or your Sami Zayn's with his low-rise, <laughs> low-cut woman <laughs> pants... Like they don't wear it. They they wear nothing compared to Roman. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. No. How about when uh, I thought I loved my favorite bits where when uh, Kevin Owens did like that the frog splash off the top rope through the table, and then he set up those chairs and ended up. I thought he like killed oh. himself when he <laughs> fell through those chairs. <laughs> that, God, that pyramid of chairs. <laughs> yeah, I was just worried about like the back of his head when he was like falling. I was like, all right, take it easy. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. And then he went through and I thought he was dead. Right. But uh, then that dude, uh, Braun Strowman, came out and uh, caused interference. Right. Big dude. Uh, What about Neville versus Rich Swan for the Cruiserweight Championship? Do you remember that one? I remember. (laughs) I don't remember what Rich Swan looks like. I remember Neville. I like, like, Neville's, uh, he's a specimen too. Like, he He is. is... a cut man, you know? He's chiseled. Yeah. Um, uh, but... Obviously not that memorable of a match, though, if you can remember what Rich Swan looked like. Oh, Rich, oh yeah. I think I know Rich Swan. They used to be buddies. Uh, yeah, that's their storyline. I don't even know that was a real thing, but he said they, like, trained together. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> I guess God. they needed some See, this is why I need, like, your kimono <laughs> parted, because that I totally fell for it, but you're... You're just. It could I thought been. it was. I thought it was hokey. Like I feel like I would have heard. I don't watch the cruiserweight show because it's not as good as the original cruiserweight classic. It's and and kinda, it's an additional three hours a week that you would have to. <laughs> like, there's no way a human being can watch all of the WWE programming in one week. And if they are, you have a mental something. Something needs to get checked out. Right. If you're watching all the hours, but what I I feel like that was a made up story. It might not be made up. But it felt like I guess I guess they needed a storyline for these two. So, mm-hmm. uh, we trained together. We were best friends. I thought Richard Swan had some good moves though. Like he was, mm-hmm. I liked yeah, what I he like, was. I like Rich Swan. I like yeah. I like his dance moves. Mm-hmm. Although, like, it's not talked about, but like literally every African American wrestler either sings or dances in WWE. Like it's a, it's like a fact. No one's ever brought it up. Maybe I'm the first white person to bring it up, but I feel like someone needs to talk about it. It, it makes sometimes it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, can't a black wrestler do something <laughs> other than sing and dance on WWE? It's inappropriate. Right. But he's good. He, he he's a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah, I liked him. Now that I remember him, yeah, he's also an amazing dancer. Uh, John Cena, AJ Styles for the heavyweight championship. Mm, my gosh. Now we're getting into. Um, this was a question I had, and I'll never understand even if you explain it to me. This was a belt I'm very unfamiliar with, a championship belt. They just don't have Intercontinental and World Heavyweight Champion anymore. They, they do. They The Intercontinental Champion was um, Dean Ambrose, but I guess this pay-per-view was so busy that there wasn't room for him to defend that title. There's also the U.S. Champion, which apparently is Chris Jericho for some reason. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but the WWE championship is the, the, is like the big one. That's the oh, one that Hogan okay. had and, and, you know, 
So that Michael's Bret Hart. Okay, so that belt title has yeah. not changed. It's always been that. They call that one currently the WWE Championship. Okay, they like changed the name to like World WWE Heavyweight Championship, but for right now it's just WWE okay. Championship. And they made that universal one that Kevin Owens has this past year. Okay, so that helps me understand the the gravitas of the match that I was watching. Then I like AJ Styles. I like uh, I, I like what he brings. He's he's physical. He's a very physical wrestler. He's got some nice moves. Hmm. I ju- I think of my hands constantly sweating in those gloves of his. <laughs> um, I like. I mean, I like to be honest. I like John Cena as a human being. He's probably my favorite human being <laughs> related yeah. to wrestling. I don't quite get John Cena the re- like he's always. I, I get he's his own brand, but I don't understand like whatever he's he must have done in the past to brand himself with all these. He's I've never seen him in the same shirt twice. <laughs> like he doesn't do those things where he like puts his hands in front of his face and stuff. And I'm not trying to sound like an aloof old man. I've just mm-hmm. never. I don't get what he's selling with his jean shorts and his sneakers. Right. But as a human representative of the WWE, he's by far the greatest living and dead person to ever represent the brand. <laughs> like he impresses Great. me so much and I love him to 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 because he does what he does and he makes make a wish foundation breaking records. Like he just does so much that it, I get butterflies thinking about what he does, you know? His, his like, bit earlier was, like, he was a white rapper. He was, like, an Eminem, almost. Okay. That was his gimmick way back when. Okay, that makes and sense. And then it eventually kind of, um, it, like, became generic because you can't obviously keep that gimmick up for so long, so it got, like, whittled down into, ah. now I'm, like, John Cena, the tough guy who never gives up. John okay. Cena, the one that loves our military. Mm-hmm. John Cena, the guy that does the Make a Wish stuff. So he's he, he's he like turned into a different character. Like okay, okay, you know that I can see then where the where his his character and his moves and his branding like has roots still mm-hmm. in that former and I, but, and that's fine. I get it now. Like I get it. And but I mean I love so that was a great match. I love those two wrestlers. Yeah amazing match one of my favorite ones it was it was an amazing match yeah it was a great match i couldn't help but chuckle like (laughs) and i know it's he's selling it john cena like when he's walking up the ramp with the belt and i'll just stop and like shake his head and laugh to himself like because he's like because he's just thinking i got it i got it again it's mine again and it's just like i know you're selling it man it's like too corny it's like super corny yeah yeah it's like okay we get it you're (laughs) you're acting like you you really want it again Right. Didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're but all in on it. <laughs> but uh, I love those two guys. I mean, they bring. They definitely brought their all, and they. And I've always seen AJ Styles like do his all physically. He's got great hair. AJ he does Styles. have great hair. My God, uh, Royal Rumble match mm. itself. My God, Taker, Taker, the Dead Man who looked like he hadn't walked in two years when he was in that ring. He was terrible. My God. Like, they, he probably begged for 29 or 30. 
<laughs> and they were like, we got to get, like, we got to put you in 28 or 27, whatever he was. He was probably like, please, like, like, can you wheel me up in the stretcher right to the curtain? That's all I got in me. Can we do an angle where I'm, I'm maimed before I get to the ring and I can't walk? Right. <laughs> right. That, that's probably why he just appeared in the ring because he was yeah, like absolutely. sitting sitting at the uh, commentary table waiting. <laughs> I mean, he was probably under that ring for yeah, a, about an hour. It's chilling. He's probably in the ice bath under there <laughs> waiting <laughs> waiting for his number. Like I, I love- was I felt so bad. I honestly feel like he should have just retired immediately after that match. He looked horrendous. Mm-hmm. It's those headbutts he was doing were so embarrassing. Like his- they were slow-mo. Yeah, yeah, and it, like he could be my all-time favorite wrestler, but his like big fifty-five-year-old eyes with the eyeliner, <laughs> and they're big and huge and beady, and he's just like it doesn't work. Him like staring everybody down anymore. No. The only thing he's got going for him now is that he doesn't have that bob haircut anymore. <laughs> that weird short thing happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like maybe I think a year ago is that when we watched the Brock Lesnar match at my house. Were you there yeah, for that? Yeah, I was there for that, yeah. I feel like he was in a lot better shape. And even then, he wasn't mm-hmm. really in great shape, mm-hmm. I feel like. Right. Agreed. But, uh, yeah, I was. I read a funny Reddit thread earlier. Um, like, I when Roman Reigns eliminated him, the fans like kind of went ape-s because they still loved him for whatever reason, The Undertaker. So someone like wrote on Reddit, like, what if if Roman Reigns beats up and retires the Undertaker, will he, be, will he become the biggest heel ever in wrestling history? And I was like, okay, that's a pretty good idea, actually. Yeah. Like, maybe they just go for it and like, okay, you're going to boo him. What if he just like murders the Undertaker at WrestleMania and he needs to get stretched out? <laughs> <laughs> like that place would lose their minds. Oh, yeah, absolutely they would. That would be, that would be a great move. Next, Genius like move. Next, dissolve away and and uh, takers like riding a horse on his ranch or something <laughs> like like living the retired life. Roman Reigns just throws him over the horse and hits the back of the ass of the horse, and he just rides off into yeah. the mist, yeah, never exactly. to be seen again. Yeah, with a flaming pumpkin to and, and fog, <laughs> just to complete the uh, back into the ice bath for you. <laughs> yeah, taker, taker, taker. All right, sitting. so. Bash of the Beach, 1996. Where were you in 1996? Oh, man, 1996. This was summer of 96? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. My God. Think back. Oh, my God, I don't know. This was July 7th. 1996. So I was... 1996. 16 at the time. I was out. I was not. Unfortunately, I was not like quite watching wrestling. I was just out riding bikes every day. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. probably Meet, trying to chicks. lose my crazy girlfriend at the time. <laughs> you know, on opioids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on opioids in the nineties. Crazy. Uh, so the storyline for for those that maybe aren't familiar, this is nineteen ninety six WCW. So Stinger. Mach, macho man lex luger rick flair were all in wcw and uh diesel and scott hall of wwe left wwe and they showed up on nitro wcw wcw's monday show 
and fans were like, oh my God, and what but is happening? Exactly. Even like pre-internet essentially. Pre- I mean, there's internet, but not a lot. Right. Pre-internet, but like for, I don't know how long, six months before Bash at the Beach, they were there like showing up in the audience. Like it was a long time. Yeah. I think it might have been, I think it was like two months before they even had a match, which is in those days. It's I mean, forever. there's not like a pay-per-view every month really. Right. But like Scott Hall showed up on a Nitro and I think back then I used to flip and I remember seeing him on there. And I was like pooping myself. Like what is Razor doing there? Right. What's, what's Razor doing on WCW? Why are they not calling him Razor? Why are they not calling him Razor? <laughs> that was the first time I think I ever heard him referred to as Scott Hall. Like what a lame name he has. Just call him Razor. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> what a dopey name. But the the bit was they for a while they made WCW tried to make the viewer think that they were WWF employees still and they were quote unquote invading. Mm-hmm. So right. early on, Scott Hall still talked like Razor Ramon in interviews, like he said Chico and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so weird. It was it was an amazing move. I mean, with no like Reddit, you know what I mean? Like with you like finding that gift today about <laughs> what's his name Seth Rollins yeah like there was none of that so everybody was going ballistic like everybody was going ballistic and there was no way you could vent it or talk about it like in wrestling magazines maybe I don't know how often or how updated they were when they came out but maybe the AOL chat rooms were going nuts at the time but I mean, it was, they pulled it off. WCW, like, WCW got real. And, I mean, this was, this was, like, definitely when they put themselves on top, I would think. But they were building towards something just because of the, the stable of wrestlers they, they came into possession of. Like, they essentially flip-flopped with the WWF and just took all their talent. In a relatively mm-hmm. short amount of time. Yeah, and, and then, so like two weeks after Scott Hall showed up, Kevin Nash, Diesel showed up, and then they started teasing that there was like a third man that they're going to use to take over WCW, and everyone was like, who's the third man? And what I actually found out is that WWF sued WCW around this time because they weren't admitting on air that they were WCW employees. Oh, my God. Oh. So I think like right before the pay-per-view, uh, Kevin Nash had to say that we don't work for WWF, like on air. Uh, oh, okay. Right. To like <laughs> clear the air. Like starting to believe it. Like, oh my God, why is, why are they talking about this on Raw? Right. I but, mean, people yeah. were starting to believe like Eric Bischoff wasn't there. And he, he got power bombed. Yeah, he got like power bombed the week before by Kevin Nash through it through like a floor. <laughs> which was amazing. Yeah, yeah, through the floor, right. And and like at the time, it's so funny to look back, but for him to not be there and just the just the announcer saying they don't know where he is, it was true. Oh, yeah. Like nobody knew where he was. Was he kidnapped? Tony Schiavone <laughs> saying he could be kidnapped if he could if he's out there to please call the show. Like like obviously it's all planned now. Yeah. But it was crazy at the time. They set up a lot of good intrigue because the pay-per-view, everyone was wondering it was going to be Sting, Savage, and Luger versus 
Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and a mystery opponent. And they were setting up like a lot of good intrigue because mm-hmm. no one knew who it was. And like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Eric Bischoff's missing. Nobody's mm-hmm. seen him. What's his story? Right, and then like during that man. match, Luger gets hurt and is carted to the back. So like, what? what's going on with Luger? Like, is Luger the third man? And then like, so you didn't know what was going to happen. Like, really? Uh-huh. Like, it, was, it was perfect. It was really well done. Yeah, it was the the way... They made it to where it was three against two, and then Luger, for the first time in his life, had to get carted back because he wouldn't wake up from like being like clotheslined on the turnbuckle or whatever. Like he's essentially in a coma. He had to be wheeled <laughs> right. to the back because he's comatose. <laughs> and Savage and Stinger are like trying to keep the other two away while it's ha- uh-huh. why like why they cart him back, and uh, and then they're just fighting it out, and. All the while, this, those goddamn announcers—they were they, so good. They—they they they played were, it up so well. They were amazing. I mean, they were. Heenan. They were like Dusty Rhodes. Sure, just keeps talking and he doesn't stop talking. Like he could have. I found a couple times he could have like dug himself a little bit of a hole. Hmm. And then when the surprise happens, Bobby Heenan. Like he almost blew it. If I would have known that, if I would have listened at the time and I would have known, I would have been like, Bobby, what are you doing, man? You're That's actually funny it. you mentioned that because that quote from Bobby Heenan. So like when the match was about to end and the WCW guys are getting beat up, Hulk Hogan walks out with no music. So people are like, oh, Hogan's going to come help out WCW. Mm-hmm. But Heenan says, whose side is he on? And people, I actually did some Reddit searches again in some of my old wrestling sites that I used to frequent. Mm-hmm. I like I searched because I remember did Heenan like blow it on pay per views because I had read that they edited mm-hmm. out that line. Oh, really? But the Heenan character hated Hogan, and he always bashed Hogan and made him seem like a snake. So that it fit that line fit in with Heenan's character of one that despises Hulk Hogan. Okay. And would say kind of just like slimy things about Hogan to make him look bad. Right. Okay. That. Okay. That. That makes a little more sense because he kept like he, he repeated it like three times, and Tony Schiavone's like, "What? Of, of, of course, of course, he's on WCW." Like he was just like trying to like backpedal for Bobby. I wonder though if they knew who the third man was going to be, the announcers, which I I didn't think to look because if if yeah. Heenan did know, maybe he wouldn't have said that. But if he didn't know, it fits in with his character. That's true. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I remember watching this match at my buddy's house. We used to always get the pay-per-views, and it was, it was something else. Yeah. It was something else when Hogan put that big stinky leg drop on Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, they sold, like, Razor and Diesel sold it, man. They were, like, out the side of the ring. Oh. They were, like, oh, standing away from the ring because they didn't want any any trouble from Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan comes up. He's, like, he looks down at him. He's staring at him. And then he just, like, casually, nonchalantly, leg drops effing Randy Savage. And it's, like, holy crap. People start throwing crap into the ring. Yeah. It's amazing. They It was huge turning point like dbcw was already turning but it was a huge 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 game change yeah that that lasted i mean the the nwo he like cuts that big promo at the end and i love when he throws the ref out of the ring 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's like crazy. this is essentially the very first time you'd ever seen Hulk Hogan be a bad guy. Yeah, ever, ever, ever. And, and he threw the ref out so of the strange. ring, and they just like yeah. t- they just stopped the match. They counted out <laughs> Randy Savage on their own. It's like Plus, that's it. He he cuts a great promo at the end where he just like trashes the fans, mm-hmm. and then they start start throwing more stuff into the ring. And he I mean, calls it's, it. He it's, kept calling calling it the New World Organization, though. I wonder. Yeah, at if, the like, end, at the end, he said organization like a few times. Yeah, but I, I wonder, wonder if, if they uh, even had that name beforehand, or if that was something that they were just throwing around. I know. Um, but I I actually looked up a few articles earlier because one article that I I read uh, the blog of Doom dot com. I've been reading his stuff since I was a kid. I I tried to see if he had ever written. If so, like people ask him questions all the time, and somebody asked him, "What did people think online around 1996 about who the third man was?" So like the Reddit then of was like AOL keyword message boards or whatever, mm-hmm. and he actually said that the general consensus was Hogan. Really, and the fallback uh, people thought Bret Hart might be the third man because apparently uh-huh. he wasn't wrestling around that time in WWE. Uh-huh. But then I also read after that. Scott Hall had said that it was a game day decision on who the third man was going to be because originally they pitched it to Hogan and he said no Get out because he here. was like off filming movies or whatever. Sure, sure. And his storylines like up until this point were like so lame. Like he was fighting the Dungeon of Doom and there was a guy like called the Yeti. He was like essentially just like, <laughs> a, like, like a mummy that Hogan was wrestling. <laughs> so Hogan went off and was filming God knows what. Probably Thunder in Paradise, I guess. Uh, yeah, probably. But um. So he had no interest in coming back. And then I think Hogan started to see this stuff on TV. And Hogan, his contract was such that he got a cut of pay-per-view revenue. So mm. he started to see how hot this story was. And he's like, oh, I could, you know, I better get in on this. Oh, because I can make a lot of money. Okay. And, he, and he's like a shyster. Hogan was back then. Well, he still is now, obviously. But So he eventually what, said What do you mean? Yes. Like he's a conniver? Like uh yeah. Yeah, he did like a backstage politicking. Oh, okay. It's always like, you know, be the star of the show. So mm-hmm. him deciding to be the third man fits in line with that narrative because he saw the money, dollar signs. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't join at that point, he probably his career probably would have been over. Because if you, like the the plan B was Sting. Like if Hogan couldn't make it, or if he oh. said no, Sting was going to be the third man that day. Oh, and what would that have done for anybody? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I like, so, so like, if the NWO happens and they're like bad guys, the consensus would be like, let's just say maybe it works and they're super cool. Hogan coming back and stopping them isn't going to work because he's like the lame, you know, vitamin eating prayer saying dude like no one's gonna care that you're coming back to save us from these cool dudes it's not gonna work right and sting turning i don't i just don't think would have had the impact like it's no. sting, like sting like he's Imagine been sting in the wcw the since 1980 like yeah storyline wise it doesn't make any sense at all right that's but, uh, yeah that's a genius move then on hogan like he could see the dollar signs then yeah so he came and just made, i mean they all made tons of money from this mm. for years which reminds me, we, we looked at that. I sent you that article of WCW salaries from like 1996 to 2000 because they got sued for like racial discrimination. So they had to like put up their books and salaries they got paid. Man, these people were making a lot of money. Yeah. A yeah. lot of money. Hogan, number one. 
But one, even Dennis Rodman made like a million and a half dollars. Yeah, in like ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He made t- a ton. They were just Rick, giving money to anybody. And I saw, uh, I, I think, number two or three from the bottom of the list, Ricky Steamboat made $900 in 1996. <laughs> and that's it. That's where it stopped. <laughs> what on earth would he have done to get $900? I don't even get it. <laughs> I saw one year. Yeah, that, that, uh, that Google Doc was pretty astounding, like with all their salaries of the stable of wrestlers. Yeah. Kurt Henning is Mr. Perfect, right? Is that? Mm-hmm. I thought I, I saw. Like, I didn't... Let me look it up. I his a, salary wasn't that noticeable, but one year he had a negative $1 in merchandising. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I don't know what went wrong there. Scott Hall and Sting made... 1996, Scott Hall made three hundred eighty grand from that first year alone. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things in the interview Scott Hall said that, like he tried to talk Brett into coming because it was like, he, he referred to WCW as a country club. Like they barely even worked and they're making a ton of money. Mm. And 97, he made 665 grand. Good Lord. 1998, $1.3 million. God, can you imagine if like, you didn't money. like just spend a ton of money all the time and like save most of that? Yeah. Sitting pretty. God. Which is like when you look at that, when you look at that money and you see like the lifestyles, a lot of the wrestlers anymore, like how they have to live and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hulk made, uh, Hulk was making 1.9 million in 1996 and then 97 he made 300 grand. So I don't know if that was like the end of his original contract. And then 1998, he made $3.6 million. Oh my God. That's just his salary. That's not counting merch. Good Lord. Hollywood. <laughs> Actually, the, I was going to Hollywood I was, moniker. <laughs> I was going to say, I was watching some of those old nitros. Uh, I was trying to lead up to like when the NWO started, but I never made it. Mm-hmm. But then I think the night after. Remember how he always used to like paint his beard in like black? Black. Yeah. I don't think he did it like the night after this show. He was just wearing his like black tights and just his regular mustache. He looked pretty weird. <laughs> really? It's great. <laughs> so crazy a time. I mean, like what what we should have done was bash at the beach and then like maybe the story of the NWO or something mm. like the rise and fall of WCW or something like that because the NWO was such a long ride it is long yeah it was what like two years long like i think it's like longer. three i mean they it they a long time because right after this sting left he kind of like got tired of getting beat up so he stopped showing mm-hmm. up and that's when he showed up in like the white face paint as right. like the crow sting right so right, he, right. he like was doing that for a year <laughs> before he ended up having a match at what, Starcade, like, like they're standing in the rafters and like just coming down with a bat, <laughs> yeah. And that was like the coolest thing ever because I remember watching Nitro and like waiting until the last five minutes to see Sting come and show up, right? And then he'd like do two things, and then Shivani be like, "We're running out of time. We'll see you next week." And, and like chaos is happening in the ring. I'm like, "No, no, no! I gotta see this." But that led up. They made like a bunch of mistakes. WCW around that point because they drew that out for like a full year. And finally, Hogan was going to fight Sting for the title at, at a pay-per-view. And 
Brett, they they just signed Brett Hart around that time, so Brett Hart was going to be the guest referee for that match, the big payoff match, finally. Right. And as the story goes, Sting showed up in such terrible shape that Hogan got really pissed off because, like, Sting apparently was having drug problems around that time, so he, like, showed up, like, yeah. 50 pounds less muscle, so he was, oh. like, super skinny. Oh, my God. And uh, so at the end of the match... uh Hogan, like the the main storyline is that Hogan pins Sting to end the match, but they uh-huh. complain that it was a fast count by the bad ref, and it really wasn't even a fast count. So <laughs> oh, like Hogan, God. the the story goes that Hogan told the ref instead of doing a fast count, do a regular count and make Sting look bad because he showed up out of shape. So like Bret Hart comes out and says like you know start, restart the match, but everyone's like well, that was a that was a slow count. What do you mean start the match over again? So, so they're then, like they're like forcing the storyline. Yeah, yeah. So then Sting puts Hogan in the sharpshooter, and then he wins the championship from there. Holy and crap! It was, it's I mean, there's that. That's like some of the weirdo things Hogan would do to like make him look stronger. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, they they like blew it with that main event, and then it just went downhill from there. I think that was like the the, the high point, actually the high of the low. Super fascinating stuff. I mean, I don't think they ever really talked about that on the the WWE Network version because mm. they like create their own story. Really, mm-hmm. it's like the the official version is not really the real version. Yeah, but yeah. it's still fascinating. Those shows, I remember watching it, and I think they did like ten episodes of like the rise and fall of WCW. Because I can remember, uh, like in nineteen ninety seven and nineteen ninety eight. I mean, NWO was like the only thing that was talked about in wrestling. It was huge mm-hmm. uh, amongst my group of friends. And it was like, that's some powerful stuff, man. They had like power. They had power. They had main, their- mainstream power. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like Robert Vaughn was wearing NWO shirts. <laughs> McKenzie's Island. <laughs> absolutely. He came out, you know, making that Hollywood money. <laughs> well, I mean, literally Jay Leno was in a main event of a WCW pay-per-view. And uh, what's the basketball player from the Jazz? Carl Malone was in a WCW pay-per-view main event. So, like, they tried to do everything they to get ratings on sure. Raw. Yeah, Chucky. <laughs> Chucky, was, <laughs> Chucky the good guy Ro- doll. RoboCop. <laughs> Actually, that was many years previous. But another thing they screwed up, really, too, was when Goldberg showed up a few years later, he was going to, like, be the guy to to fight Hogan, Hogan now and take the belt, and they that's like something that they gave away for free on Monday Nitro. It was like the highest rated Nitro I think they ever oh, did wow. when he beat Hogan. But the problem was they didn't do it on a pay per view. They could have made you know millions more dollars mm-hmm. on a pay per view, but they gave it away for free on Nitro. It's all downhill um, from there. Just a quick sidebar from that. I need your encyclopedic knowledge. Right. Goldberg, I noticed in the Royal Rumble, mm. looked great with his uh, graying kind of goatee. He looks phenomenal. What's what was his story? Where was he? Where, in w- it, in in what? Where has he been? Like, why is he, he back now? He after WCW got bought by WWF, eventually he came over to WWE and fought The Rock. And he was around for a little bit. I was actually kind of sort of out of wrestling for a few years. Mm. But then right before he left, he fought Goldberg 
actually. And Steve Austin was the guest referee. So that was like their first match. And that's what present day they always refer to as like the last time we fought so-and-so. So he kind of just went off and did his own thing. I don't think he really needed the money. Because as you saw in the um, salary doc, he made like $5 million like the second to last year of WCW. It's absurd. I think he just like rides his motorcycle and does whatever. He goes hog wild. <laughs> but he, he actually... At Sturgis, North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> He's responsible really for Bret Hart not wrestling anymore. Because he gave Bret Hart a concussion in the ring. Really? That led to him like retiring and having a stroke. It's like, yeah, it's weird. Like he gave Bret like a Bret Hart like a super kick. But it was he was like too close to him, so he really like cocked his head back. Oh my gosh. And that was like the end of Bret Hart's career in like nineteen ninety nine. Wow. S- super sad. But apparently I've read a few articles over the last year that like Bill Goldberg is essentially old John Cena in terms of like make a wish stuff. Oh really? Like, yeah, he'll do like whatever to like go visit kids in hospitals or oh, man. so which I didn't actually even realize. I kind of had always heard stories that he was kind of a jerk and maybe he was back then, I don't know. Yeah, he's probably you know, he's writing his own checks back then. <laughs> sure. Who who wouldn't have been a jerk slim? I would have been a jerk. <laughs> you know, I just remember that WCW used to have a Tuesday sh- or a Thursday show called Thunder. Do you remember that? I read a reference to that today. I forgot maybe? about that. I remember having the Thunder game for PS1. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember having playing the, just the vanilla WCW games for PS1. I remember being a Chris Benoit God. on the poly, the polygonal WCW game for PS1. How about uh, at Bash at the Beach, Chris Benoit, Benoit rest, in, rest in peace, looking very much like uh, the Florida... Florida man he was like if you see like Florida man the Florida man Twitter handle (laughs) his haircut his whole mannerisms yeah total Florida man bash at the beach he was a wild man back then (laughs) yeah that's what I've heard really contributed to whatever brain problems he had later in life yeah he um actually he was in um on the ramp up to Wrestlemania I think they refer to Shawn Michaels is like the only person to ever win from the number one position. Mm-hmm. Chris Benoit is the other person, I think. And they oh, just never mentioned it. They never mentioned it. Yeah. Or oh, maybe yeah. it was Ray Mysterio Jr. who's the other person. But they there's something that Chris Benoit did in the Rumble that they just don't, they never say it. Like, it's like never happened. Mm-hmm. He main evented WrestleMania 20 with uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And that footage is like never going to show again on the network. Holy crap. You can only really find it on YouTube or like seeking it out on the network, but they'd never like advertise it. Mm. Gotcha. For those that don't know, Chris Benoit went literally crazy and killed his wife and son and himself. Right. Yeah. What's even worse. That wasn't. I mean, it's not, nothing's worse than that, but. That was that Miss Elizabeth? That was. That, no, that was woman. Who woman was, the was other, his wife? Yeah. The other woman that, that was with Ric Flair and Bash at the Beach. Oh my God. Yeah, when it first happened, I think it was the day of a pay-per-view. And I think the the night of or the Monday after, they did a tribute to Chris Benoit because they didn't know the full details of the murder scene. They thought there was like a gas leak in the house. Oh, geez. So like wrestlers were like recounting their 
you know, favorite moments with Benoit. And it was like really strange. And then like the real details came out like Tuesday. Oh man. God. So terrible. Yeah. I mean, so that's like a rare WWE thing where like they scrub someone's career Mm -hmm. from like all the record books. About your uh, your quote from earlier, a side note: we were g chatting pretty pretty good about the uh, pre show uh, we were going to have tonight, and you know something that doesn't really take place when all three of us are around. We try to save it for the show, but we we started getting into the weeds today. It felt good. Your quote: nineteen ninety six was peak woman. <laughs> woman is was like a valet with Ric Flair. Rick totally. Flair fought Conan, Mexican wrestler, and Miss Elizabeth and woman. Her name is literally woman. <laughs> woman. What, like, I don't why? understand. I don't poor, get it. Poor lady. Her, She's a valet back then. I mean, sometimes still now women were just like can, arm candy for men. And as a kid, I just ate that up. Mm-hmm. But man, she was in peak physical condition. She, was, she looked amazing mm-hmm. at yeah. this pay-per-view. Tops. And she Top was like flirting with Mean Gene during that inter- that pre-match interview. Did you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ric Flair implied that Gene could be back at the penthouse with them partying later. Woo, after the match. Woo. And then <laughs> Mean Gene said they're going to be, he right before the interview, and he's like, all right, there might be some pole vaulting happening after this interview. Back to you, Tony Schiavone. It was like overt. But even that, uh, I was watching the interview. I was like thinking to myself, can you imagine like, Let's, in this scenario, it happened in real life. Ric Flair is just like having sex with these women after the. Can you imagine like going to Ric Flair's hotel as like Mean Gene Ogerland or another man and having sex with another woman like in the same room <laughs> with Ric Flair? <laughs> it right. just boggles the mind. It's just, it's just a debauch, debaucherous road show. I mean, it's just God. crazy back then. Probably still is great. Could be crazy to a degree, but maybe it was just off the chains. I remember reading stories. Apparently, Ric Flair was really bad with his money. Like he would just buy suits and wear them once and just toss them. <laughs> Man, <laughs> a flair money. Can you imagine partying, maybe doing cocaine with nineteen eighties Ric Flair. What a dream! The, I mean, that's like a, the scene. Some of the best party scenes from RoboCop, right there. Like it probably is exactly that. Oh God. That guy with the wine, that guy who's selling the cocaine, drinking the wine and Bodiger puts his finger in it and still drinks it. That scene messes with my head. I can't get over that scene. Man. Oh gosh. Clarence Bodiger. The, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so like how they all had this, working relationship with each other like the total flirtations with me and gene they probably thought he was like this sweet guy and you know who knows what he was like when the cameras were off but yeah some there's going to be some pole vaulting going on (laughs) man you have to imagine these people travel with each other constantly Mm -hmm. i figure that's all they did back then yeah i mean it's confirmed that most of them were just on drugs but they probably just partied and until the until the sun came up sexually yeah because i mean you 
in that essence, it's they're like rock stars, but with like less work to do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're just on the road, no supervision. They just have to show up and do what they're hired to do for an hour, for their 10 minutes. Yeah. And a little bit of talky talk, like with Mean Gene, or right. when... Or when Scott Hall gets in the ring for the first time and speaks and calls him Scheme Gene, <laughs> and then then just then just poses with his muscles for the rest of the time while Hulk Hogan is talking. Yeah, that wasn't even a very good match, honestly. I felt like that was a sloppy tag team match. It looked like I mean yeah. they hadn't wrestled in a while, but man, right. there was one part where uh, Macho Man was having his comeback. He was mm-hmm. like going to the top rope doing his axe handles. And he got up to the top rope again while Nash was on the ground. And I guess Scott Hall got up too early and like he wasn't ready to be hit by Mach. So he's like flailing his arms around like, oh, oh I don't know what I'm going to do with you on the top rope. And it was like 30 seconds of him doing that. It looks so terrible. Oh, God. So Hulk is like talking about to, about to Gene and, and Razor's just like shoving his arms out and like just posing. It's like there's five minutes of him just posing and trying to be like a bad guy. It's like, man, do something. Be a showman. Because he's too busy thinking about after the show. Yeah. He's thinking about how much blow he's going to do off yeah. of some woman. Yeah. Woman. With his razors. <laughs> razors, lines, pole vaults, killing a man in the parking lot of a strip club i mean it's all right at his fingertips it is it's just add dennis rodman to the fold who knows what's gonna happen yeah lex luger i'm looking at the wiki of him right now oh that was another one the how um the pre-match promo from those three where like they they cut to the back and like sting and macho man lex luger were there and like face hogan did unity Oh God, Hogan did it during his interview, but like Lex, I'm not sure if you caught it, but like wrestlers like grip their arm when they're on camera to like flex like their side. Lex uh-huh. was doing it the whole interview. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why do you need to flex to intimidate us any more than you already are? Now I got to go back and watch it. I have and to. like they they had like the corniest. Like, I don't know if they just came up with that speech in the fly, but Sting was like, you know, when I get nervous, my mouth gets dry. Yes. My mouth gets dry. I get excited. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is so I, lame. Did I yeah. like this when I was a kid? I was like, Stinger, you got to stop talking, man. You don't <laughs> sound like he, he was spinning out of control. He wasn't sounding intimidating at all. No. Those are the times where I'd love for like the behind the scenes footage to come up like maybe the cameraman was rolling for like five minutes before that i'd love to see them like riffing on each other like okay match what if i say my mouth's getting dry and i get like excited when i get my mouth dry and i want to beat people up and macho is like oh yeah i like that yeah do that (laughs) that's pretty good (laughs) lex luger not looking at them still flexing into the camera yeah he's just like pumping himself up the whole time So we skipped over like nine matches. I'm not sure if you wanted to touch on any of them. Most um, of them were I, junk. Yeah, I think I did. Um, not for any special reasons, but uh, um, Big Bubba and Ugh, uh, John, John Tenta. Tenta. <laughs> I, I, I uh, Wikipedia John Tenta because I know he's Earthquake. I was like, that's Earthquake. Mm-hmm. I also know Big Bubba is Big Boss Man, but he, he opted for the w- much worse name, Big Bubba. <laughs> 
and John Tenta was like budding sumo wrestler, like legitimate Japanese sumo wrestler, but really? the uh, the um like the hard mat style, like the hard floor was like taking a toll on his body, and also that because t- he had that t- tattoo on his arm, that tiger tattoo, mm-hmm. he had to like wrap it because the jab in the Japanese style they don't like tattoos, so. Really? They th- they found the tattoo to be very offensive, so he had to wrap it constantly. Wow! And, Died uh, when he was forty two. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So That's... I was I, like, I was looking at that match, and I'm like, both of these guys are dead. Like, yeah. That was like <laughs> morbid, like real life crashing in. He was forty two years old. How old was he in that? When did he? Because he looked. I thought he, he died was like in maybe like 45 went in that match. 2006 no. 2006 he died. Come on. 2006, which means he would have been 32? I don't at that in that match. This, this can't be right. Dude, crazy. Wow. I mean, he could have like if I had to guess, he could have been 45, he could have been 50 mm-hmm. during that match if I had to guess. Cuz you're like, "Oh man, he's in wcw at this point it's over right it's over for him (laughs) god he was just won't get getting started almost yeah how about uh jim duggan versus ddp the lord of the ring (laughs) (laughs) also i think they lost the rights to his music because i think they piped in temporary music for his entrance because he used to have like a smells like teen spirit ripoff music oh really yeah which i actually liked Hmm. One notable thing about DDP is that he was uh, notorious for, I think him and Macho Man were notorious for having their entire match planned out in advance. Get out of here. So you had to like play along with... You had to talk with him and plan out the whole thing before you fought. Like he doesn't like, quote, call spots on the fly. (laughs) You guys listen to this. This is, I mean, this is it. This is... Why I love to crawl around the mind of Slim. <laughs> Ray wow, Mysterio. That, no, I didn't ahead. know that. So Macho Man was the same way. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if Macho Man was like that later in life because I mean he probably didn't have a good match for the last fifteen years of his career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably right. And uh, Ray Mysterio versus Psychosis. I really like that match. I love Psychosis and Ray Mysterio when I was growing up. Did you really psychosis? I was like, I couldn't remember him. I'm like, who is this coming out in this uh, get up? This crazy hair, which I think is a wig. Total. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a wig. It was like way detached from the rest of his head. Like <laughs> the way that absurd helmet thing uh-huh. worked. Well, when uh, I think the reason I like those two is because in Philadelphia, ECW was pretty popular or like a year before this, two years before this. And during, but Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis wrestled in ECW first before they went to WCW. Oh, okay. And so did um, Dean Malenko. So I, I saw remember. them first. Okay. And then when they went to WCW, I kind of went over. So did um, Public Enemy, but they were terrible. Public Enemy was terrible. The God. dog collar match, terrible. Awful. Nasty Boys, always terrible. Infinity, terrible. <laughs> negative five stars for that match absolutely i honestly i started doing other things when that match was on brian knobs <laughs> God. they're just so gross they're they just unsettle me 
they're gross and like I know they're called the nasty boys but have some self respect I don't know I don't know <laughs> like if Why? we were to meet them or like meet friends at a bar and they were the nasty boys were friends of the friends like I want to go some to other bar like I don't want to hang out with these people right you would be yeah I'd, <laughs> I'd be Baltimore Comic Con <laughs> Bernie writes in <laughs> the night we hung with Bernie <laughs> Oh God, I'd be in my hotel room so fast. It would be yeah. fun. Yeah, that would not be like fun trying to entertain those two characters. No. Disgusting. Steve. Notoriously stiff wrestlers <laughs> too. Look at you coming in with the uh, terminology here. <laughs> stiff meaning very tough or you could actually hurt the person sometimes. Right. Of course uh, they both would wrestle that way because they're scumbags. <laughs> uh Steve Mongo McMichael <laughs> no. versus Joe Gomez. Nope. <laughs> That's, it. That's all I have to say about that. I remember McMichael was like, had something to do with the last match or something. Oh, yeah, because he's in the Four Horsemen. Yeah, McMichael. Yeah, I was a turd. <laughs> Ric Flair versus Conan. Very strange pairing for that match. Po- a post biopsy Conan. <laughs> a poor bandage on his head. <laughs> Just flew in from Mexico the night before, Tony Schiavone said. Tony Schiavone? Uh, the Giant and the Taskmaster versus Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. I completely... They were, like, promoing that earlier. Like, you know, the Giant coming up is the Giant. I totally forgot that was the big show. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, it's 1996. Like, I, I know the big show was old. He was probably like 19, 20 yeah. then. And I know that other guy, he was, I totally, he was, forgot, he was like, he, he was the henchman to that other guy, who's like Task a pretty Master. big deal. Kevin Sullivan, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's Kevin like, Sullivan and uh, Chris Benoit had a few good matches around this time frame. And Kevin because Sullivan actually, was like Mr. WCW, right, or something? He had to. Yeah, he had a big, he had a big role, like right before this, with the okay. Dungeon of Doom versus Hogan. And I think around this time, he was also what was called the head booker. So he wrote most of the storylines. Yeah, yeah. Um, but behind the scenes, him and Benoit, well, they had a few matches, I think, around this t- time frame. But Woman used to be with Kevin Sullivan. And Woman then started to go with Chris Benoit. So that was like an actual backstory, which if you can even imagine that, where like your girlfriend goes off with another wrestler that you see every week. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Mm. How do you Especially face that? Woman. I mean, she was peak woman, 1996. Peak wo- 1996, peak woman. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she was uh, She was a, a looker. She was. And then um, you see, and then if you're Kevin Sullivan, you see what kind of like shape right, you're, you're prospect, in. I mean, your prospects are zilch. Yeah. Yeah. You're like I mean, four you, foot tall. You got that gut six pack somehow. <laughs> And and the, the gut, yeah, exactly gut six pack. I mean, he's got a balding head, and he's got woman, and then she leaves him for Chris Benoit. Like, you're finished. You're done. Like your self esteem has got to be uh, power drived through the floor of, the, of Eric Bischoff. Like it's got to be nowhere. Oh uh, boy, the giant. Something else I was gonna say, and no, I can't remember. Uh, oh, the we were busting chops about how the music was so bad for the 
the, oh, yeah. the, the video interlude of like the history of the outsiders. It was so bad that I told you off air that I thought maybe they lost the rights to the music that they did use and they just had to put in temporary music. <laughs> right. I want, I got to wonder because like, what if you, I, if looking back and you're like, uh, you got to watch the first five minutes of this bash at the beach intro where they, they show you the, uh, the history of the outsiders against this generic, like matte background. Mm-hmm. It's like this rippled, like natural, like crumpled up paper background with computer generated, like, and the, 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 the elevator music is so soft and gentle. You're just like, let's get this thing started. I mean, do I have to endure <laughs> this with this computer generated shark fin? So terrible. Yeah. Which is sad because the uh, the Four Horsemen music is probably one of my favorite intro songs. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. That's good. That's, yeah. Dynamite. But I got to give, like, I know there's gimmicks and stuff and, and all every month of pay-per-view, but Bash at the Beach, like, WCW had some f- cool gimmicks. Like, Bash at the Beach, they just dump trucked in a bunch of beach sand, mm-hmm. like, and it's in Florida, but... Otherwise, it's in Daytona, but it's like, but there's a cool, that's a kooky little theme, like beach yeah. sand. And Do you remember the year before? I think they did it outside, and that's the one that they used for Baywatch. Do you remember that episode of Baywatch? I remember there was a, a relationship between the two. I did not know it was in the show. Yeah, the, I think it was maybe 95 or 94, but it was Flair versus Macho Man was the main event, but then Baywatch filmed <laughs> the pay-per-view and turned it into an episode. And like, oh man, it's, I mean, the Baywatch episode was so bad because they like filmed like scenes with Flair and Macho Man like in a tent, like for the show with like oh, scripted geez. lines. And it's just tremendous. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Also, there was like a spring break theme, I think, that they used to do too. Do you remember ever seeing that where like they filmed it outside and there was like a pool around the ring? Mm, I don't yeah, remember you, if that was spring break or something else. You might be right. They did some cool things. Yeah. The first uh, the first and only Hog Wild, before they renamed it, uh, was like in the middle of this dirt pit. In Sturgis, like during Bike Week, which is this huge thing, and there's probably boobs everywhere. But I I remember watching it, and it was uh, it's just complete like dirt everywhere, like <laughs> tracking dirt into the ring, into the like there's just a wrestling ring and dirt. Like they walk <laughs> down this dirt path, you're just tracking in mud everywhere. It's probably the most obscene, disgusting things. Right, and that's not like a wrestling crowd that's going to like clap and get on their feet. They're just going to stay there and drink their or, or eat their chew or whatever they have <laughs> yeah, in their mouth. Right. Like right. I can't imagine. Like you might as well wrestle in like a in an empty arena. <laughs> yeah. At least you have clean feet. You wouldn't be like kicking people with gravelly feet. I think they did. I think the um, Jay Leno match was in Road Wild. I think it was in Sturgis because oh, he's like they- a. Do you know why the uh, they changed the name to Road Wild? Do you know I don't why? know. No. Are you going to tell me? I'd be curious. No, I would love to know yeah. why they changed it from Hog Wild to Road Wild. I don't know. Maybe they weren't allowed to use the the name Hog. Maybe. Maybe there was like a pig company that tried mm-hmm. to sue them. 
You never know. And then the next year, they just call it Road Wild, but they never acknowledge they changed the name ever. It was just always, you know, they just treat it like it was always Road Wild to begin with. Now I'm Googling the wiki. Tony Schiavone. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. At the end, Tony Schiavone was like crestfallen that it was Hulk Hogan as the third man. And the very last line of the pay-per-view is Tony Schiavone telling Hulk Hogan to go to hell. (laughs) Yeah. And then like he, uh, like he makes sure it's audibly heard that he puts his microphone down on the table, like thump. Yeah. Yeah. I just found it. Um, after the first event, WCW changed the name to road wild because of a potential trademark issue with Harley Davidson club, Harley owners group hog. Hmm. Yikes. You don't want to be messing with the Harley owners group in Sturgis. No. During bike week. No. You don't want to bring that kind of pressure and pain. Absolutely not. Let's see if I can find this um, Jay Leno match here. (laughs) Diamond Dallas Page and Jay Leno with Kevin Eubanks versus Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff with The Disciple. And Miss Elizabeth. The disciple was uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, yeah. That's right. Poor guy. God. <laughs> God. So I feel like cool. every so often we should do it like an old random WCW pay-per-view. Well, I, we have to. I mean, it was like prime time back then. We, we've already done an hour and ten minutes. Uh, we could keep going. We could. It's, it's amazing. Taker. The dead man. The dead, he's not a human. One of the only ones, like during, like he was at WrestleMania three fighting uh-huh. giant giant Gonzalez. He was loyal, maybe to a fault. He never swayed. He never went over. No. He's like a locker room leader over the years. Undertaker. Oh. If you guys all know, Slim's thrown up the quotes because he knows. <laughs> he had. Um, How about he when a- he started doing that thing, like the GIF I tweeted earlier? When did he start that old bit? Oh, that? Oh, that's been there for years. But man, that gif, that might be your best tweet ever. That beats the one where, what was it, where you were wearing a certain shirt in front of your wife's parents? What was that tweet? Oh, my Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) shirt. I think that one, I think this beats it. (laughs) Yeah, my other one was, uh, I I was wearing my new Dungeons and Dragons shirts and my wife reacted like I uh, showed her mom my bees or something (laughs) like that was my tweet. Yeah, but this one, as soon as I saw the pathetic taker do his like, he did the symbol where he's like, I'm going to clean everybody over this top rope. And then like Roman Reigns throws him out. Roman Reigns knocks him in the back of the head and he falls over with his old, like he can't even keep him, he can't even fall gracefully because he's so old. <laughs> the, the the gif cut out the part right at the end where he does his sit-up, which they almost missed. They panned the away because it's like, who cares if he sits up outside of the ring? He's eliminated. Like, But like he felt the need that he had to sit up like that. <sighs> oh God, poor guy. He's just, he's not even really, he's 51. My God. He's not like. He's not that old. No, he's not. Sting, who wrestled. Big John like, Tenta looked, still looks older <laughs> than him. <laughs> Sting is 57, and he wrestled, you know, he he's like not in great shape, but he, he can 
wrestle a match and not look like a decrepit monkey skeleton in the <laughs> ring. Especially when he, when Taker pulls his arms oh. out of his upper leotard. <laughs> God, like what? He, oh man, you're setting an example now. Take, <laughs> like you're really bringing it. It makes him look worse because he he like drops it, but only underneath his breasts, and like his his belly is just even more accentuated. That like you haven't worked out in the last four months, Undertaker. Don't do this. Don't do this. Leave it up. Please put the purple tie back on. Just let's just go full on. Can you imagine if he went back to that costume for this pay per view? Purple gloves and tie. Oh my god, that's what I was gonna say. Um, He like changed his gimmick. I don't remember if you ever saw, but remember he did his biker gimmick where he like wore a bandana and cut his hair. Yeah started to ride his motorcycle to the ring but Limp, his entrance music back then was limp biscuit and man and he like totally so he was that was when he was like the american ba right oh american yeah B. that was so terrible the american ba but like he totally like forsake it wasn't there wasn't anything like dead man about him at that point at dead that man point, inc right? they used to have a series of shirts he said <laughs> dead man inc that was his like biker company quote biker company <laughs> his quote <laughs> made for tv biker company i'm googling it, dead man inc right now <laughs> was it lincoln park or was it um what's his face he does country music now but he did like pseudo rock music back then he had that sidekick little joe what's that guy's name oh yeah <laughs> kid rock yeah kid rock it would have been kid oh, rock God. theme music my first, uh, my first result for Dead Man Inc. Dead Man Inc. or DMI is a predominantly white prison gang with branches <laughs> in many correctional facilities throughout the U.S. It was, uh, it was Kid Rock actually. Oh, I thought it was Limp Biscuit. Um, but like in wrestling circles, that's like considered his worst period of like oh, yeah. he couldn't have a good match if his life depended on it. But then he like actually, I think right after this, he got into MMA and started getting like crazy in shape. And that's when he started wearing the tights again. And that's where he had like his famous WrestleMania matches with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And really? Edge, where he was in like great shape and he had great matches. Was this when he had like the robed dudes come out? Was this after or before the American BA? The robed dudes at WrestleMania was after American BA. Oh, God. <laughs> Taker, the dead man. <laughs> dead man, Inc. So I hope he doesn't wrestle at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, yeah, like, That's right? I, it would just be dreadful. Unless they do that Roman Reigns storyline, which would be amazing. Like, it's not even a match. Like, it's two minutes and he just cripples Undertaker. <laughs> right. Yes. And the fans just throw their sodas at him. Because otherwise, you already made the man lose the streak, which was probably like four years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. You like, just leave him alone, you know? Yeah, like, let him let him die. Do you think he wants to be left alone? I don't do know. Do you think he's still, like, I wonder. Maybe he's loyal to Vince. Locker yeah. room leader, you know? Mr. McMahon. 
<laughs> Actually, there's a special, the 24 series they released. They do like one of those ESPN produced videos of like behind the scenes. WrestleMania of last year just came out. Oh, I yeah. to watch that. I guess I'll it took them a it. whole year to make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. Did she, I think this might, it might be out by the time this is out, but the, um, 30 behind 30 on the X, XFL, I think it's coming out. Yeah, I want to watch that very soon. Gosh. Lost a lot of money on that XFL, Vince. Did. Yeah, he did. Mr. McMahon. Rest his soul. God rest his soul. I feel like, do you remember, um, we're talking about Royal Rumble. I think it was 2005 where uh, it ended up being John Cena in Batista. And uh, they they mucked up the ending where they both went over the top rope by accident. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> like, you can't do that? What You can't? So what happened? So um, they were all freaking out, and the refs were kind of, like, stalling by, like, raising one person's hand, and then they, they, the other ref raises the other person's hand. Uh-huh. So Vince had to, like, call call an audible on the fly. So he comes to the ring uh, to, like you know, settle the dispute. Essentially, he's going to come out and tell them to restart the match. And then, he, then they're just going to do the right finish. Mm-hmm. And uh, But in the act of him running to the ring and trying to get in, he blows both his quads. <laughs> oh, my God. So I guess he wasn't, like, warmed up to, like, start walk running to the ring. Uh-huh. He's old. So he gets into the ring and he can't stand up because he just blew both of his quads. Jesus. That sounds like the most painful thing I've ever heard of. I think it is. I think that muscle like where it just like tears off. Like you're in an insane amount of pain. So he gets in the ring and he literally can't stand up. So he has to sit. He's sitting in the ring. This is the main event of the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. The end. And he's sitting like against the turnbuckle. Yeah, he's like propped up against the turnbuckle. So now they have to like go along with this as if it's normal that Vince is sitting. <laughs> so they eventually say like restart the match. Oh, God. And he gets like helped out. But man, you have to you have to YouTube that one. I think it's I think it's Royal Rumble 2005. Oh god. <laughs> it's like little Brandon Stark like you can't it's just like, take me seriously down here. I'm just going to sit. I'm not going to stand and make this announcement. I'm I mean, going to sit against the turnbuckle. I can't imagine tearing a quad muscle. And then, I like, mean, let alone like, two, both legs. And then you have to address an arena and, like, speak your mind in a, in a, a way that sells it. Oh, oh, my God. He must have been losing livid. his S. Livid. Yeah. <laughs> He tries to jump in a ring and blows both his quads. Oh my god! Awful. That's not, that Vince, is awful. Vince quads. This first result is Vince blows quads. <laughs> god. Oh yeah, it's on YouTube. That's Royal Rumble 2005. Look it up, folks. What a show! Yeah, Hour that... twenty. Oh man. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's I hope it's at least entertaining. I mean, sure. we basically talked about way less than like six issues of a comic 
could bring, but we talked longer with less mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's just a sign of uh, could be. where things are going, you know. Could be the future of this podcast. Monthly past pay-per-views. New world order. I mean, because to get into the meat of that, like when they start having their own pay-per-views and they have like that one ref that's like up their sleeve. Yeah. The Million Dollar Man is like a commentator with Eric Bischoff. <laughs> it sold, I think that was pay-per-view was called Sold Out. Sold. S-O-U-L-E-D. Sold Out. Their soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see everybody next week for Ridley Scott's Alien. Bye. Love you. So remember, the, I don't know what made me think of this, but you told me a couple of weeks ago that you found snakeskin in, uh, didn't you find snakeskin in like your attic or like the crawl space? Yeah, my crawl space, yeah. What's the status of that? Horrifying news. It's still back there. <laughs> I'm not, look, the, the exterminator comes I think next month. I am not going there because as soon as I go and investigate, a snake will drop from up above in the three and a half foot crawl space because he needs to defend his territory. And I'm not doing it. Do you hear like anything slithering in there? No, I don't know. Maybe it's old. Maybe you can get the snake skin tested by like Scully at the X-Files. To see if it's real? Yeah. See if it's been planted. We found snakeskin in our um, garage attic. Did I tell you that? Did you? Yeah, but we eventually deduced that it was like the previous owner's pet snakeskin. Like uh, he had a pet snake. Then I guess they just kept the skin. I don't and know. he like dried it out up there or something? It's, gross. Oh. it's super gross. We found like old love letters up there. Really? Yeah. Guy got around, if you know what I mean. To other people? Sexually. Sets you at <laughs> So it wasn't too, uh, well. Yeah. I guess they just, when they moved, they forgot that they had stuff like hidden up in the attic of the garage. He probably could move it if he wasn't moving it with, uh, if it wasn't the woman that the letters were to. He just <laughs> like, right. leave them up there. Yeah. Probably better to not keep them just in case. Maybe just keep burn them in that wood burning stove that they sold the house with. That would have been a good That's, idea too. Yeah, that would have been a perfect idea. We found photographs too. Nothing really? too dicey though. Oh, too salty. But up in that attic, up in that yeah, in the garage. Shit. Weird.
wild. Whew. Yeah, we got it. Is this allowed to be in the fireside? We can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs>